0: All right, friends, I'm going to be honest. Um, I just woke up a half hour ago because I had a gig the night before and I feel like I can't talk. So forgive me (laughs) for that right now. But welcome to the New Evangelicals Podcast. I'm your host, Tim. On this episode, we're hanging out with Noah, our podcast producer. We try and do these episodes as often as we can because honestly, they're a lot of fun to do. They're much more casual. Yeah. Um, so it's great to have you. Just a couple quick uh, notes. Uh, first off, this episode is brought to you by Mad Priest Coffee. Noah and I both love Mad Priest Coffee. They have great coffee. Their brand is amazing. They are local in Tennessee. They they have great campaigns. They're fighting Christian nationalism. They're, they're advocating for immigration reform. Uh, and, and of course, like I said, their coffee is delicious. Plus, Their brand is hilariously spot on. I mean, when it comes to just like the satire of evangelical and deconstructing culture, it's amazing. So if you go to madpriestcoffee.com and put in promo code TNE20, that's TNE20, you will get 20% off your order. Show them some love. They are a great company. I know Mike. I met him through this work, and he's just just a great guy. The second thing I want to mention is that we are going to trip uh, Fuller's. I'm going to try it again. And we're not going to edit this, Noah. This this is a straight, we
1: I don't care. real human beings. The,
0: the audience is getting what they get. So let me try that again. We are going to Trip Fuller's Theology Nerd Beer Camp God Pot Edition. Woo! That's a mouthful. We did it. Um, yeah, we did it. And I am really excited about that. Noah is going with me, which will be awesome. And we are hanging out. There's some amazing people that are going to be there. I mean, oh God, Pete yeah. Enns, Bible for Normal People, check. Um, we have Brian McLaren, check. Trip Fuller, of course, check. Adam Clark, check. Uh, Diana Butler Bass, check. Uh, Dr. Robin Henderson Espinoza, check. There are just great people people that are going to be at this event. It is October 13th through 15th. Um, if you go to the link and you register, you get $50 off your ticket and that $50 goes to us, which is awesome, which is so cool. So Trip has set it up that way where, where, um, where podcast creators uh, will get a small kickback and the people who buy the ticket get a discount. So everyone wins. So I really recommend signing up for that. It's going to be a great time meeting some some just Phenomenal people pushing the church forward. Uh, so make sure you do that. And lastly, thank you everyone for all of your support. I shared on our Instagram yesterday, Noah, that we averaged thirty three thousand downloads a month.
1: This is so cool. <laughs> that is cool. Now Dude, I'm that... geeking out about that. When you sent me that the other day, I was like, "That's that's incredible." So oh, awesome.
0: It, it was. It, I mean, it, it was super cool. And that doesn't mean that every episode gets like thirty three thousand downloads in a month. But like right. overall, with all of our downloads and all of our whatever. 33,000 downloads, which is just really, I mean, I was shocked at that. We just passed a quarter of a million downloads total. So thank you everyone for listening and for sharing and, and being a part of the work that we do, um, it means a lot. It's great to have you. And honestly, thanks for letting me ramble in your ears um, with Noah uh, more and more often because it's very therapeutic. So thank you for being my therapist. I really appreciate
1: it. <laughs> Happy to. And, dude, I got to say that musicians' morning brain fog is real. So we're both fighting through it today oh. to make this happen. It's worth it. But, and dude, I just oh, true. picked up. Um, so speaking of, speaking of
0: music, I have I have a hilarious what would be a quote unquote God moment in my evangelical days <laughs> that I don't know how this happened now, but we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. So um, for those of you out there part one of my other jobs is that I play music. I play music almost every weekend in New Jersey it has a very unique like cover band scene that actually pays pretty decently and keeps you very busy. So I play um, up and down the East Coast um, in, in a cover band. It's great. it's a lot of fun we use our in ears we use click we use loop it's very professional I I'm, I'm, I'm signed by a management company I'm 2 would by them like it's very legitimate. So I say all that because um, last Sunday we played a really big club called Secrets in Ocean City, Maryland. This is like a pretty reputable place. If you play there, you've kind of made it. So it, it, it's a very it, – it's just a huge place. I mean I'll show you – I think you might have saw the video, Noah, but like the it looks like you're playing a national venue. The, the, the lights are out of control. It's oh, a yeah. packed house, et cetera. So we're having a great time. Now before I got there, um, it's a three-hour drive from my house. So I thought to myself – I think it was the day of before I left. I said, you know, let me text my manager and ask him if I should bring a secondary snare drum as a backup just in case something happens with my original. Now, yeah. for those of you non-drummers out there, the snare drum is the main drum that you hit like all the time. And the way a, a snare drum works is that you have a, a head that goes over the actual drum and that gets tightened down with, with uh, lug nuts. Okay, And that's how you tune your snare drum. Those right. heads can break, but it's very rare. I mean, I think I broke him in, in my entire career of, of playing drums, maybe seven snare drum heads tops in, in, in 20-something years. It is not like a, a common thing that happens. So I, I, something in my head just, it just comes to mind, like, you know, maybe I should bring my backup snare just in case. And he goes, well, now that you said that, you should bring it. So, yeah, okay, <laughs> ha, 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 great. You so I it. bring the snare drum. And I set it up, Noah. So I use it as a side snare drum, right? So I have my main okay. snare. Then I I tuned my that that backup snare drum differently for like a dynamic for certain songs, right? So we're playing this massive venue. I'm hitting the shit out of the drums. We're having a <laughs> great time, and I I hit and I feel it. I break oh. my snare drum head in the middle of a song, and I look over at my manager who's there. I'm like, dude. I'm like mouthing to him in this venue. I broke the snare drum head. Like I cannot believe that I actually broke the snare drum head. So I had to swap out my, my yeah. main snare with my backup. So thank the heavens. I don't know. Thank God, whoever God is, right? Thank God I brought that. And then I was like in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this would have been one of those quote unquote God things, right? Like, man, God, the Holy Spirit just dropped that on you because He knew he knew what was going to happen.
1: I got the, the worship pads. Oh, you I mean, do? <laughs> here? Yeah, I don't know if it's coming through. Yeah. Wait, put it a little bit closer.
0: There it is. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I'm dying. I love God, it. God provides. God provides. There so, anyway, I just thought for the audience out there, <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, I was kind of like, so what was that then? Like, was that just a coincidence? You know, like, what yeah. I mean I don't know I I we are we are Christians like I do believe in in, in a divine presence right sure, I do believe yeah. that 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 God um, intersects with our world. Um, but it was one of those, like, ah, I'm not sure if I'm just going to just, you know, swallow it, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> um, but it was a very funny moment, and we ended up playing the rest of the set. It went great. We, we had a great time. But I figured, you, would, Noah, as a musician, a producer, and also someone working on disentangling their faith, I figured <laughs> that that you would get a real kick out of that story.
1: That's great. Oh, man, any musician that's listening to this knows the the gut drop when you feel your instrument fail you in the middle of a performance i'm not a drummer but as a guitar player you feel the string break and yes there's there's nothing more traumatizing so that's great
0: (laughs) uh hold on one sec i made a mistake on something well Uh oh i have to fix real quick shoot i'm a fool i uh, (laughs) i did a post i think
1: yeah, Tim. Tim, I think if the if the bringing the extra snare drum was the moment of God's provision, this technical difficulty is Satan trying to stop our <laughs> podcast. So well, what happened is that we'll I, go full I, throttle I, into this thing.
0: Uh, yeah, I, you're right. This is just the devil. Um, I um, posted um, a reel today with with someone who's new on our account, who's like a researcher for us, and I tagged the wrong Instagram accounts. Oh, um, that is not related to her at all. Uh, in in like the actual post, and now I have to <laughs> fix it real quick because that's just kind of weird to do that. So um, yeah. I'm fixing it, and I think it's fixed. So anyway, yes, that was the devil, um, everyone. But I totally recovered and defeated him. So take Hallelujah. that. Hallelujah. Take that, Satan. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So a lot of news has happened. Um, we're not going to get to all of it because we would be here forever, and we need an actual news channel. Um, I do want to talk about a couple things. Um Um, first off, 4th of July, let's talk about that really quick. Okay. So 4th of July happened and I did a post pretty much saying, I'm not going to celebrate America. I'm just not going to do it. And I listed a bunch of reasons why. And honestly, I thought they were not that radical. Like they're pretty, you know, common. And it's funny because in one sense the video did really well like numerically but as far as like how it was received i mean it was it, it did well for all the wrong reasons right sure yeah and i mean honestly a lot of people a lot of people really liked the, the video but a lot of people were like I don't know man this could be too extreme and it, it, it is interesting to me because sometimes sometimes I'll do, I'll do a video and I'm like hmm to me this isn't that extreme at all like I'm not going to celebrate an empire that you know doesn't give affordable healthcare to its citizens uh, that had a sitting president tried to overthrow our democracy uh, yeah. that, that gives no equity or very little equity right uh, uh, to uh, minority groups uh, and it, it's, it's consistently threatening what little equity they do have. Uh, why would we celebrate all that and then i said at the end that i think it's it's actually patriotic in a way to say no uh we can do better and i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna i'm not gonna just pretend that everything's great or that america is quote-unquote the freest nation on the planet when it's not like statistically it's just not financially socially it's just not and so anyway it was interesting i'm not sure if you saw that real noah i did you have i would love your thoughts on it because sometimes you know sometimes you don't you think you're being perceived one way and then it turns out like what you said did not hit how you thought it was going to – it didn't land how you thought it was going to land. Does that make sense?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, I think you just struck a nerve with a, a particular sensitivity that we've all been taught to have um, within this country. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of loyalty that we have to America and not even so much – the. I think what's interesting about it is it's less of the the concept, the ideals of the country more now more so than the, the actual – um formulated government itself that the loyalty is to. And so I think it just struck a chord with a lot of people there. I was really entertained and maybe a little bit sad reading through some of the comments on that post, because I think that what you said was absolutely correct. I think that there is, you know, and everybody navigates that a little differently, but I think it's, it's totally reasonable. And yeah, even patriotic to oppose systems of oppression. I mean, in principle, that was what started this whole country right? Was standing up against something that was deemed um, unfair, unjust, and taking a stand against that. And so I think that in a lot of ways, you were acting upon the principles um, of America, even if that hasn't come to, to, uh, how would I put that? That's, that's not, the principles aren't so much what is being identified as America anymore. As much as the institution of the empire of it. So it struck a yeah. struck a chord with people, but I, I think it's a totally reasonable thing and, and, and an important thing to be able to take a stand and and say that.
0: Yeah, you know, we got a lot of the, the common, if you don't like it here, leave. Right. Um, and it just, it just is interesting to see how a lot of Christians respond when you critique the empire. Honestly, yeah. I mean, that's what we did, right? We said, no... We're not going to participate in your. I would argue propaganda holiday. Sure. Especially yeah. given our history and what what has happened recently with Roe v. Wade being overturned. Yeah, of course. And it is interesting to see like how when you when you poke certain. Um, I'm not going to use the word idols. That's a strong word. But, but when when you when you poke certain um, things that are untouchable. Like America for evangelicals, mm-hmm. they really freak out, and and they just say some like crazy things. But I agree, Noah. I mean, I I I was taught growing up that 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 we are the most um l- most fortunate people to ever exist because America is the best country to ever right. I live in. Now, obviously, yes, America has a lot of good things about it. We all know this. Freedom of speech is a great thing. But it's not like a uniquely American principle. That's, I think, the difference. Right? I was taught, like, nowhere else on the planet can you say what's on your mind without getting persecuted. Right. right? Or um, nowhere else on the planet can you make a lot of money. You can only do it here. And then you find out that you know the average wage for uh, the BIPOC community is $15 an hour. And you go, well, making a lot of money for who? But that's right. a different discussion, sure. right? And so it just is interesting because it's like – I mean everything I said in that video is – it's factually accurate, right? And yeah. it just seems like how – it just seems like, like, like there are people that want to live in that um, other reality of, mm. well, this is working for me. Therefore, there's no problems for us to fix. And if you critique it, you're coming against me and you're a bad Christian because you critique America, which is just like so interesting to think about.
1: And the other thing that fascinated me about the pushback was that there was no religious connotation to anything that you said in that video. There wasn't even a critique of Christianity or even evangelicalism, but that culture has been so closely tied in many places to uh, American identity that I think people were reacting as if it was a personal attack on them and their um in a religious sense as well.
0: Yeah. And and I mean listen, I'll be honest. Of course I made the video a little provocative, right? I mean, I wanted to be direct, I wanted to be intense, and that is intentional. Um, because it does expose like where where the idol is, right? Like, oh, yeah. we preach the gospel only. How dare you critique America, you godless patriot? <laughs> Just leave the country, then. It's like, uh huh, right. uh huh, exactly. Do you hear yourself, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what it does. Is it kind of exposes a little bit of? and I, Again, I'm not speaking for every evangelical out there, of course. But I know there's definitely a culture right of patriotism. Robert Jeffries, the large uh, pastor of the, of the largest church in Texas. This First Baptist Dallas, they do quite a patriotic service. In fact, Robert Jeffries preached that Sunday on how America is definitely a Christian nation, and how he quote enjoys seeing the liberals' heads literally explode over the, the 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 overturning of Roe v. Wade. He said that from wow. the pulpit that Sunday. Now, no one's going to him and saying, "Oh my God, like this is what, what are you doing? This is terrible," you know, etc. Um, but it's it, instead it's celebrated. But if you if we critique that then we're the bad people who have to leave the country. Which really, <laughs> even though I'm not saying every individual who said that meant it this way, that sure. comes from this idea of, yeah, keep we're, we, we, we want to keep the quote-unquote dominant culture right here. And because you're critiquing our culture, you should leave. It's not about inclusion or pluralism. It's about maintaining really white supremacy is what it comes down to. Sure, Even if they don't realize where it's coming from. That's like the source of that kind of rhetoric. So anyway, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to I'm not going to apologize for the video. The video is fine. It's not dehumanizing, but it's just interesting seeing the response and also seeing how a lot of people uh, from, from the BIPOC community in particular were like, yeah, absolutely. Like, where have you been? I got a few of right. those. Like, Hey, I thank you for saying this, but also like what took you so long. Right. Sure, uh, of and a lot of other people who are white evangelicals were like, how dare you, you know, get <laughs> out of here. It's like, wow. It, 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 it does show, I think Martin Luther King said the two Americas that exist mm. uh, for different groups of people and how that's still very much a thing. So, yeah, that yeah, was interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting and like uh, something that that's made me think of. Um, you know, I I kind of thought about it. I went to a, a private Christian school for 3 years before I started homeschooling. And okay. um one of the parts, one of the most important parts of the of the morning was saying the pledge of allegiance. You know, this was like very very closely tied to um I, you know, even I I don't remember so I don't want to make some statement that's unt- untrue, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure we we said that either right before or right after we prayed. You know, it was very closely connected to this whole identity that we were creating, that we were being brought up into. And um, yeah, obviously, even the Pledge of Allegiance has its own really interesting history, you know, yeah. but that's its own <laughs> hour-long conversation there, right? But um, what it made me think of is, um, and I haven't, I can't remember the last time I, I said that, you know, but the the bit at the end, the liberty and justice for all was sort of the founding bit of that statement of like, this is the the purpose of America. But when that purpose has failed, I think it's very fair to critique the empire, right? You know, and and again, that is like, as you said, that's the quote American thing to do, though the quote patriotic thing to do is to say that we're not living up to our principles and we have to take that shit seriously instead of just, pretending everything is okay and turning a blind eye to all of the people that are being harmed by this industrial system
0: yes that's a great point because you would think that if people were telling you hey this system is not working for us actually you are benefiting off of this system on off of our backs, yes, right. You would think yeah. the response would should be whoa, like well, we have to fix that because our own quote right. unquote ideals, right? At least how we think about them in a more progressive sense sure. is that this applies to everyone, despite what maybe the founders thought about it at the time. Sure. Um, but instead, it's not. Instead, it's oh, you're too negative. You're critiquing. Uh, you want you want to destroy the country. And I think it just reinforces for me how really white supremacy. Um, is embedded into so much of this because who does it benefit? I mean, the wealth gap in America for the black community and the white community is still the same. Yeah, since MLK, like it has not changed. Yeah, you know the 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 wage gap is still the same. We have not made progress in the economic side of this stuff at all. Like, yeah, we don't have Jim Crow anymore. I guess that's good. That obviously, right? But. <laughs> black people still can't own houses at the same rate that white people can they can't find yeah. the uh, well-paying jobs at the same rate that white people can and so you would think if that was the case a society would say oh my gosh we obviously have to fix this because it's it's not liberty and justice for all but yeah. we have this like reentrenchment, right we have like this very um I'm, I don't like using the word conservative anymore because conservativism how we how we knew it I think is gone this sure. trumpism that's taken over that right It's so clearly baked into the pie of white supremacy theology or um, yeah. um, 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 ideology. And uh, there's really no adjustment, right? And what we get is people telling us that we're just being negative or that we're Marxist. And I'm wondering, Noah, one thought I have for you, and I know we're kind of harping on this point, but I think, we, <laughs> I think we should finish it up here um, and kind of get your thoughts on this, is do you see a connection between people who tell us that we're too negative about the church and that we're just trying to t- 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 tear down the church and we just hate evangelicalism and people who also say that we hate America? Like, Do you see a thread there? Because I do, but I'm wondering yeah. if you do.
1: No, absolutely. And I think that, as you said, like sort of the, the, the term conservatism isn't even necessarily helpful anymore, because we've sort of moved beyond that to this new ideology. And that ideology is like this kind of hunkering down into everything is fine, everything is fine, don't look up kind of, you know, mentality. And I, I think those two things are, are very, very closely linked and are, and are becoming more and more linked where we see some of these, you know, cultural movements within the church. To kind of push towards a more Christian nationalist ideology. You know, those two things are, are becoming even more closely glued together than they were before. And yeah. it's terrifying, honestly. Yeah. Now, I. Shopping these
0: days can be underwhelming, but at QVC, we believe those who love to shop deserve a living, breathing way to shop, where product descriptions are alive with demos by creators, chats with inventors, and hosts who know the most. From self-care and kitchenware to fashion trends and forever faves, at QVC, we bring life to products and products to life. Shop qvc.com slash
1: podcast and use code qvc15podcast for $15 off $30 for new customers. This is shopping brought to life. That's the sound of me prepping the grill with Reynolds wrap and the sound of me not doing dishes and the sound of me spending more time outside with my family. Easy prep, cook and clean. Make time with Reynolds wrap. I like the sound of that.
0: I agree. I agree. Speaking of which, I do actually want to hit this really quick. So um, I've been realizing I, I, I had a light bulb moment like the other night. Um, when I saw a Jordan Peterson video where he addressed the Christian oh, boy, it's like 11 minutes long. And it's pretty much, if you threw Doug Wilson, John Eldridge, who wrote the book Wild at Heart, and mm-hmm. William Wallace in a blender, you would get like this video from Jordan Peterson. I mean, at one point, he almost says verbatim, every man needs a beauty to rescue. He he borderline says it like, like that, which is straight up like Wild at Heart language. And in, in this video, he says, he says, actually, I have the quote, I'm going to pull it up, but he pretty much says verbatim that the christian church should be first and foremost for pretty much for men and should focus on 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 on, on like sustaining families mm. um let me see if i can find the actual quote because it was uh it was ridiculous um i'm scrolling through twitter here to see if i can find it but uh yeah young men included perhaps uh, hold on where is this stupid that's that's not, not the full quote um uh, well, I'll try and find it as we're, as we're chatting here. But I had this moment because Jordan Peterson is not an orthodox Christian. Sure. He's not. And then you also have someone like James Lindsay, who's a militant atheist, um, who uh, is critiquing, quote-unquote, wokeness. I hate even using that term. I think it's a, it's such a slur now. Um, but he's being platformed by people like Ali Stuckey. He's talking. He's James Lindsay is speaking at a pastor's conference hosted by Turning Point USA. Okay. Wow. And then, so you and then you also have, like I said, Jordan Peterson, who's being platformed by the Daily Wire. I see Christians retweet his stuff, and it hit me the other day that all these people who tell us that the problem with being a a quote unquote deconstructionist, whatever that that means, or a progressive Christian, is that we're not orthodox and that our beliefs aren't aren't historical Christianity, seem to have no problem platforming men who don't even believe in anything even remotely close. To Christianity, but will speak and talk about things in the way that they want them talked about, and therefore they are received in those spaces. I mean, James Lindsay talks to, like, some very fundamentalist evangelical-type people, uh, like Vodi Bauckham, who quotes him in his book several times, um, etc. And so it just is very interesting to see how, oh, this is not about, about having their view of quote-unquote orthodox beliefs sure this is actually about instead platforming people that really support their ideology even if that if they're not christian or if they don't even view the bible i mean listen i'm not an
1: inheritance sure uh is that the right word inerrantist
0: inerrantist
1: Uh. i don't
0: believe that the bible is inerrant okay there we go yeah Jordan one their- Peterson is way out there. I mean, he doesn't believe, right. like, any of it in a lot of ways. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, he approaches it from, from like, a psychological uh, yeah. view, a, 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 a psychology lens. So, it's just so fascinating to see him now targeting Christian evangelical churches, and people are like, yes, Jordan. Bravo, Jordan. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy isn't even clo- this guy doesn't believe in a physical resurrection, but I do. I am sure. more orthodox than Jordan Peterson. Right. <laughs> but we're the heretic here.
1: It's it's fascinating. Oh, man. It it is wild. And yeah, yeah, I mean his to my knowledge, I've I've kind of stopped following, you know, his whole you know, his, he used to say some interesting things about the Bible because he came from a very um, liberal perspective. Um and, you know, now he's sort of just all politics. But um It's fascinating because of that, that kind of dichotomy. I think we've seen the whole evangelical church kind of move towards where the emphasis now isn't really on theology. It's on a political ideology and the theology just kind of fits into a pocket when it does of that (laughs) political ideology. And um, yeah, yeah, because these people that are being platformed, yeah, Peterson's a great example. He's as liberal as it comes to my knowledge when it comes to interpreting the Bible, um, he's would be a quote progressive in terms of orthodoxy that way. You know, I've seen videos of him kind of ripping apart the whole evangelical mindset, you know, when it comes to faith, uh, very blatantly. So it's, it's that kind of like interesting, uh, what is the saying? Like the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of, cultural movement that's happening within evangelicalism right now where it's really just about maintaining our idea of what the world should be kind of distanced from our religious values, um, in some case, very distanced from them um, to avoid any kind of cognitive dissonance there. And and the religious, it, it's interesting because like, you know, we've, we've both been in this world of kind of deconstructing and reprocessing and, and and the voices maybe two or three years ago that were kind of leading the outcry on that were mainly focused on historic Christianity, maintaining orthodoxy, was primarily a theological objection to deconstruction. And now what I'm seeing, I don't know if you're noticing this, but um, most of that objection is actually more culturally political than anything else at this point. It's mostly going against that, quote, woke woke agenda of the liberals and the progressives that is being deemed more concerning than the, the theological bits.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're correct about that. Um, the quote, by the way, uh, in this video, one of the quotes is, "The Christian Church is there to remind people, young men included, and perhaps even first and foremost, that they have a woman to find, a garden to walk in, a family to nurture." Wow. Dot, dot. I'm like, no, like I, I, I retweeted. <laughs> I said, Jordan, like, please, like, get your nose out of here because you don't know what you're talking about. Like, that is not. That is not why the Christian Church exists. Like I mean, even uh, me and I don't know uh, John MacArthur would agree on this. I mean, right. no, yeah. no. The the Christian Church does not exist, perhaps first and foremost for men. That's not like maybe. Well, right. maybe John might think that, but yeah. You know, sure. <laughs> but you get my point, right? Of like, this is so far out of like. Wait, I'm sorry. What? The yeah. Christian church is there to to worship Jesus, to be a community loving their neighbor, uh, right. to take care of their community, to advocate for the well-being of their city. Uh, not not for young men and perhaps first and foremost. That's not why right. the church
1: exists. Pro- so Protecting I, the, the patriarchal family structure I mean, that's is what not is, the right? top ideal of Christianity. No,
0: well, I mean, yeah, it depends on who you ask. But yes, well, you're sure, exactly yeah. right. I, I would agree with you on that. Um, and I do – it is – we're in a very interesting – we're in a very interesting time uh, in in, uh, in history because I was talking to um, this is going to sound way more lofty than it is. I was talking to an <laughs> NPR reporter, the person who interviewed me for uh, that little quote. Yeah, um, we keep in touch because I'll send her stuff and say, like, "Hey, have you seen this?" And we were talking because she covers politics, and I said, "You know, I think we're really getting to a point where the the dividing line between the religious." fanaticism of evangelical fundamentalism and politics are going to be completely blurred. Like you're, you're not gonna be able to, 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 separate what you're covering because sure. we're seeing such an entrenchment, um, of Christian nationalist ideology, um, that is totally intertwined with God and country. Now, i can hear people saying well Tim I mean that's what you do you're just a progressive you're just a leftist and I want to I want to respond to that really quick while we're here because sure christian okay let me back up I do not think and I I'm not sure what you think Noah but I don't think it's wrong to be politically engaged as a christian in fact I would argue yeah. i think it's it's necessary right I, agree. I think that if the two greatest commands are to love God and love our neighbor How we engage in in politics, which by the way, politics is just how people organize as a society. That's all we're talking about here. Yeah. I think as Christians, we should be concerned about how are we loving our neighbor? How are policies that are being implemented loving all of our neighbors? Okay. Not just our white evangelical neighbor, but all of our neighbors and so the issue for me is not that christians are politically engaged it's what are we advocating for and christian nationalism is not just a christian advocating for policy a or policy b that's not what this is christian nationalism as defined by samuel perry and andrew whitehead and also by christian christianity today three very legitimate sources talks about how Christian nationalism advocates for a very specific brand of Christianity that says America was founded as a as a Christian nation and must be kept that way. And by Christian nation they really mean conservative evangelical fundamentalist nation. Right. That's very different than me saying, "Hey, we live in a secular society, but as a Christian I want to advocate for policies that are, that promote human flourishing like Universal healthcare, for example, I always say sure. that, but it's an easy, easy example to bring up. Um, that's different than saying no. America is a Christian nation, and we have to implement "quote unquote" biblical laws, which really come down to abortion laws, um, sexual laws, right, sure. and and really promoting um, 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 the free market, uh, less regulation, yeah. and, and, and less and less protections for the environment. That 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 those are the big categories that 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 language falls under. Yeah. That's very different because what they're doing is they're trying to reclaim America um as a version of this mythological America that, that first off never existed. Yeah. Um and B, if it did exist, would become a fucking theocracy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what it would. That's what it would become. That's right. what that is. When, when 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 your view is the Bible here here's here's the line of logic. And then I'll stop ranting. The line of logic is Our founders were good, godly Christian men. Of course, they weren't progressive Christians. They weren't Episcopalians, right? They weren't Catholics. They were good evangelical fundamentalists. That's what they mean. And when they wrote the Constitution, they used the Bible as their guide to to create the Constitution. Which, honestly, when you think about it, and I'm kind of channeling my my inner Andrew Seidel here who wrote the book, The Founding Nation Myth, um, is actually crazy because— if we're going to take the fundamentalist view of the Bible seriously, they mm-hmm. don't believe in a plurality of religions. They believe in one religion. And the Constitution right. guarantees freedom of religion for all. Right? So right away, right away the Constitution is not in line with the biblical worldview of fundamentalism. Because yes. in their view, and also in the Torah, God's a pretty jealous God. right? He's like, hey, uh, commandment number one, don't worship other gods. Right. Hey, that does not fly in our constitution. Constitution says, actually, <laughs> you can worship other gods. I mean, let's just start right there. And, and point number two, free speech. You know, in James, it says that, that that out of our mouths come praise and cursing. This should not be. There is no free speech ethic in the Bible. And right. as a Christian, I would agree with that. Like, we should be careful with our words. We should be aware of what we say. But that goes, again, against <laughs> the first freaking amendment that free speech is guaranteed. So those yeah. are those are just two examples among a litany of examples that the constitution and the bible are not in sync. However, there are people who really think that 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 we can we should rule America as a Christian country and Christians should be in all forms of government dictating laws via how we read the bible, which is really what they say is it's God's word, it's God's law, you know, whatever, it's biblical. So so it is It is something that's very important to recognize that is happening in our society Um, and and it's a real freaking big deal because it threatens our democracy. It is not pluralistic, it does not support human rights, it does not support um, um, uh, sexual freedom, It, it doesn't support those things. It wants to mitigate them. And so it just always cracks me up when I hear this this nonsense that America is a Christian nation. You know, oh and what they're trying to get back to. Um, well, I forgot where I was going with all of this. No but I'll Stop well, there.
1: Just just to like feed your rabbit trail for Go just ahead. a minute. I, I would like to share three little brief uh, quotes from founding fathers and some of the first presidents. So Jefferson, Christian Christianity neither is nor ever was a part of the common law. Christianity is the most perverted system that has ever shown on man. Religions are all. F- are all alike founded upon fables and mythologies. That's Jefferson. Uh, John Adams, the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. The United States is not a Christian nation any more than it is a Jewish or a Mohammedan nation. And uh, James Madison, religion and government will both exist in greater purity, the less they're mixed together. The purpose of separation of church and state is to keep forever from these shores the ceaseless strife that has soaked the soil of Europe with blood for centuries. Obviously, I'm not advocating for the exact beliefs of these people, but just to sort of put a pin in that. <laughs> so what you're three saying, of our Noah. first presidents and the person <laughs> that wrote the Declaration of Fucking Independence... They sound like good, I, I,
0: godly Christians
1: to me. Exactly, you know?
0: <laughs> Just to clear that up. <laughs> well, and I, yeah, exactly right. I, I think one of those quotes is, is from the Treaty of Tripoli. Um, that sounds uh, good. Yeah, um, where it says that America is not founded, or is, is not in any sense a Christian nation. And, you know, it, that's the thing is like, listen, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but the the, my, the, the, I guess my final thought on this is that it is propaganda, it's mythology, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like the Bible and the Constitution do not agree um, on, on almost anything, especially if we read the Bible through the evangelical conservative framework that we're all used to reading mm-hmm. it through. Um, so it's problematic, but that will not stop legitimately powerful groups from doing what they do, trying to implement um, Christian laws that honestly strip away the rights of millions of people yeah. while privileging white people. Men. I mean, that's yeah. that's who gets privileged from this, you know. Um, yeah.
1: And if, you know, we take the Bible seriously and Jesus' proclamation that the good news is good news for the poor and freedom for the oppressed, then it's absolutely antithetical to the system that's being raised up, that's turning a blind eye to those that aren't experiencing justice and are experiencing real harms at the hand of those that are proclaiming faith in that same Jesus as the justification for their actions.
0: I mean, that is spot on, Noah, because you're absolutely right. They, no one, none, none of these so-called Biblicists are talking about implementing the year of Jubilee
1: Right. In our yeah. Right. Yeah. No
0: one's talking about forgiving student loan debt. Yeah. You want right? Old
1: Testament law. Let's, right. let's talk right. about it,
0: right? <laughs> I mean they'll they'll pull Leviticus when it comes to you know homosexuality, quote unquote, sure, right? Yeah. But when it comes to like you know other things that actually might be a great idea. No, no, no. That's context, Tim. Tim, you have to understand the context. Right. And it's just like, okay, so right, so you are actually advocating for a very specific interpretation of the Bible that you are calling what God clearly says and calling biblical. Mm-hmm. Uh, While ignoring all of the clear threads throughout the Bible of, I'm not going to use the term social justice because of what it brings up in our culture, but there certainly is a socially minded um, system in place in a lot of ways of how the people of God are to treat the neighbor, the orphan, the widow, etc. cetera. Right. And if we don't want to look at the Torah as prescriptive, which is fine because there's a lot of reasons not to see it that way, right? We can look at the New Testament and see how the early church lived, and we can see the words of Jesus, like you said. Sure. Who talks about about, about taking care of and advocating for uh, the most marginalized over and over again. Yeah. And that's not just a personal statement, okay? That is a systemic thing he's critiquing here.
1: Yeah. And you so, look at, yeah. Well, I was going to say that this is sort of a, I think it was Trip Fuller that pointed this out to me, where he said, like, if you go back into the Old Testament and you look at the times when Israel is cast into exile for failing to live out the, the life, uh, you know, that, that God has structured out for Israel of being set apart, and look at the reasons for that time and time again. And one of the, one of the top reasons. God lists for allowing Israel to go out into exile in the Old Testament time and time and time again is you did not care for the widow, you did not care for the poor, you did not care for the the stranger in your land. You know, I, I think that we need to take that really seriously. If, if we claim to be people who take the Bible seriously yeah. and say, hey, maybe that should tell us something about the way we structure our society but again it's that well context context and that's sort of become code for i don't like that verse (laughs) i don't want it to mean anything in this current situation
0: right i think that's really true and also this is why i don't just pick out verses to prove a point right Pre-texting, i think is so dangerous but we can see themes and i think themes are important and i think that is a a very important theme that that we see throughout the scriptures including in, in the torah and the tanakh that that should give us pause for concern especially if, if the view is God's the same yesterday today and forever then right. clearly those things still would apply in some kind of way now obviously we have to think about how to implement them in our in a society that is a, d- a democracy and of not course. you know a monarchy or something like that and so it's 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 not a, a direct overlap right of right. course but there are principles that should inform us as Christians regarding how we treat the immigrant among us, how we treat the refugee among us, how we treat the marginalized among us, and what systems are contributing to these, to these people becoming marginalized, right? Right. But again, when you start talking like that, People have been really indoctrinated just to hear, "Oh, you're a Marxist." Oh, right. Oh, you're a social justice warrior. Therefore, yeah. dismissed. It's like, no, <laughs> no. But anyway, I mean, again, I can, I rant, I do rant about this all the time, and I can continue to rant about this all the time. It's but worth ranting about. We are running out of time. Um, I speaking of time, I want to hit one <laughs> last thought. Um, we we had an episode recently we released Noah with Dan Miner, um, an mm-hmm. evangelical pastor, and I gotta say, if you haven't listened to it out there, friends, I recommend it because. I've gotten maybe the most feedback ever on an episode uh, for how refreshing it was to hear an evangelical pastor say that he's affirming, that he you know, left everything behind, and is just doing their, his best to love people. So I just want to give a shout out to Dan for doing great work, and uh, I'm glad we, 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 we were able to get him on, and I want to find more people like him to kind of give people some more of that positivity, right? That good yeah. news of like, hey, yeah. <laughs> there are some people out here doing some good shit. I promise, you know? <laughs>
1: In the, the black void of chaos and despair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, re- I, yeah. refreshing is the word that I I thought of too when I first started listening to that. It's like, oh, it just, it feels so good to know that there is, there is something to move towards, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I, it's a real unique balance of like, I mean, dude, every day. I get like so many clips that people are like, oh, you should respond to this. So many clips. Oh, you should look at this. Oh, what what about this? And a lot of it's negative because that is a reality, right? Yeah. But there is also something to say about like, hey, we can't let people who are trying to take our joy take our joy. And we have to find moments of good. We just have to. Like for us to survive, we have to find the good in the world. That doesn't mean that that we turn a blind eye to the injustice, or that or that we don't highlight the injustices anymore. But if I do want to, I want to do better. I'm not going to use the word balancing because I'm not about that. Um, but I do want I do want to do better. Um, finding moments where we can spark joy, so to speak, right? Like yeah. the other day, we we did a whole day on just good news from from the community. And people DM me, this is so refreshing. It's so good to know that good things are happening. So I think there is a need for that, right? And we're kind of figuring out that balance, especially on sure. Instagram. But I, I think that we have to find these moments where we can to remind people that like, even though it might be a small remnant, so to speak, there are people doing good work in these spaces and that we have to use that as the spark to really, to really keep that fire going or to start that fire yeah. for us to move forward.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it's a lot, in a lot of ways, it's a part of our mission statement, you know, in the sense that we are standing up and critiquing some of the harm that's been caused by what we've come from and affirming people's space to process and, and also yeah. sort of being those tour guides of saying, hey, look, there's something over here to consider. Maybe there's something better, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that's a really important part of this. And, and it's just encouraging, really yeah. encouraging to see. Yeah,
0: I agree. Sweet. Well, Noah, this was this was some good stuff here. We covered a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. Anything I missed that you wanted to talk about?
1: Oh man, I don't think so. That was good. Wow. Look at that.
0: Boom. All right, friends. Well, thanks for hanging out on this. Uh, are these even bonus episodes anymore if we do them all the time? I, I don't know. All thanks for hanging out long... on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk to you all later on. Have a great day.
1: When you love someone, seeing them struggle with their mental health can be one of the hardest things in the world, especially when you know they need help, but don't know where to turn. That's why 988-LIFELINE is here. 988's trained crisis counselors are available 24-7 by phone or text to provide you with the resources and support you need to help the people you love. No one should have to struggle alone. Call or text 988-SUICIDE-AND-CRISIS-LIFELINE day or night, 988-HOPE has a new number.